0: Hour number two of BQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming in hot Ed Egros. Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Joining us now is sports betting phenom John Daigle, as he does each and every Friday. He's here to talk about the Week 18 card. Please make sure you follow him on X at Daigle. John, thank you so much for joining us. It is the final week of the regular season, so we got to talk about motivation and got to talk about games where teams can improve their playoff seeding going up against teams that are already eliminated from contention. But one thing that we have talked about, you and I, and something that I brought up on the show yesterday is that every single year, we're always seeing at least one upset of a team not in contention, knocking off a team that has something to play for. So knowing that, which of those games for this week do you like when it comes to, say, the underdog perhaps pulling off a big upset?
2: <clears throat> it's a lot like there There are hallmarks we have to hit every time around this year in the NFL season. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Should you work for free? And then motivation. <laughs> it's the same thing every single year. <laughs> we got to check those boxes. And I'm actually on – both big upsets this week. Let's start with the Titans and the Jaguars. Not only do I think the under is coming in, I actually played it wrong in Midley too because I thought we were going to get a, a six out there somewhere once Trevor Lawrence started training towards being healthy. And Doug Peterson has played his players through injury all year long. So fully expecting Christian Kirk to be out there, Zay Jones to be out there. My issue is that I don't know how healthy any of these guys are. And honestly, those last three games with Trevor Lawrence playing through multiple entries, he's been bad too. You can look at any stat. It's not the be all end all, but still completing just 57% of his passes for five interceptions and four fumbles, taking eight sacks as well. It hasn't been good. And then you talk about a team that has no interest in going away. Like, would the Titans benefit from benching some of their starters? Probably. But at the same time, Mike Brable's not someone who's just going to lie down here. So if there's anyone playing spoiler, I think Tennessee is a good one. So I would bet it right now, thinking we're probably going to close around a three here for Jacksonville. And then on the other side, I've seen the clip. I wish Joe was on this morning with us to back this one around because I don't want to put words in his mouth. I believe y'all can confirm. I believe Joe is on the Packers, correct? No, he, he's giving Bears? an argument
0: for the Bears. Yeah.
2: Oh, good. Okay. I saw the Bears, and um, I, <laughs> I, I know the question was, is it time to bail? And I think the Bears pulled the upset this week. Uh, the way okay. these de- these teams match as opposed to week one are entirely different. Uh, you take a look at the Packers' defense over the last month whenever everyone was calling for Joe Barry's head, and just think, Tommy DeVito, Baker Mayfield, and Bryce Young, murderers row, went 27-40 to 40 yes. for five touchdowns and no picks on throws 10 yards downfield. And then they ran into Jaron Hall, who was benched in that game and the Packers all of a sudden looked good again. But that's not how this works. Now they get Justin Fields, who has basically been used like Jalen Hurts since he returned from injury. Over his last six starts, 32 passes, 11.5 carries, and historically, the last five times they've played Justin Fields, he has been poor against them. But if those quarterbacks can get there with ease, I think Justin Fields could even process this game right now quite well. Um, not to mention that they finally, it took everyone's asses being on the line, but Luke Getzey finally started moving D.J. Moore around last week similar to C.D. Lamb in that Moore had a season-high 19 routes from the slot as well. So I, I really think also, the defense for the Bears now, since Jalen Johnson, I know he's banged up since he returned in Week 8. They're allowing the fewest explosive plays per game through the air for 10-plus yards. So, I really think the Bears match up really well with the Packers in
1: this game. I took the three early on. Mm. I like that, too. First, yes or no, is a hot dog a sandwich? I don't <laughs>
2: think so, personally. I get it it's nice between it buns,
1: But also, like...
2: No one's eating it between two slices of bread. I will, admittedly, I'll just be completely disheveled at times, and I'll take the one slice of loaf of bread and fold it up and eat it like that. But no one's really Mm. treating a hot dog like a sandwich. That's ridiculous. Yeah,
1: I'm with you. We're getting ahead of
2: when this comes out next week, by the way.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I stopped um, asking you about the Texans, but it was a good bit. So since we only have... <laughs> one week left in the regular season. Let's run it back. Texans, Colts, what do you like here? Side total props.
2: Unfortunately, I was fully prepared, not as a bit, to come back on and tout Nico Collins to you because it is, again, unfortunately, one of my favorite <laughs> prop bets of the week in that last time these two, yes! teams, last time these two yes! teams played, It was uh, Nico Collins getting seven catches for 146 yards based on how the Colts have consistently played defense under Gus Bradley. They don't move away from cover three and zone coverage in general. But we've also seen the opportunity increase now the last three starts he's made with C.J. Stroud and without Tank Dell. And that he's seen a, 20, a 30% target share in that game, the ninth most among all receivers in the league. He's been targeted on 36% of his routes for 117 yards per game and 4.81 yards per route run. Only Tyree is actually, averaging more yards per route run instead in those contests. So I think it's a great spot for Neal Collins. And the way I'm viewing the game, I also bet the Texans early on, um, I got them at, at one. The line continues to increase. But the way we have to view it is that we need to negate Jonathan Taylor entirely. Since this Texas defense out of their buy, they found their identity. All they do is stuff the run, and they have stuffed some of the best running backs in the league. But you look at success rate, their first success rate. You look at yards per carry, a 2.9 yards per carry allowed to opposing running backs in that time, a stretch of seven full games. And so we don't think Taylor can have success on the ground at all in this spot. And then it comes down to a quarterback matchup, albeit in Indianapolis, but between C.J. Stroud and Gardner Minshew. That's the case we saw just enough where C.J. Stroud was perfectly healthy last week, not only completing over 80% of his passes within nine yards of the line of scrimmage, as they weren't asked to do anything sexy. They didn't need C.J. Stroud to take the top off the Titans, but even when Tennessee got pressure last week, C.J. Stroud went five of seven as well, so I think he's at full strength, and that's really all we need in this game. I wish Noah Brown was out there. I wish Robert Woods was available to help to chip in. I'm really not sure we're going to get those guys in this game, but I think the ancillary pieces still between Devin Singletary and Dalton Schultz are enough to get the Texans over in this game.
0: Certainly, uh, carry distribution is also going to matter a great deal in that one. So the under for Jonathan Taylor, I really like that look. And that's probably the one play that I'll take in that bet for, for sure. Uh, how about we move on out to the Cowboys and the Commanders? And there's one specific angle I want to look at involving this Cowboys offense. Because, yeah, 13-point spread, whatever. But CeeDee Lamb, maybe, just maybe, he has an outside chance to win Offensive Player of the Year. Now, he has to finish as the receiving leader. He's 60 yards off the pace set by Tyreek Hill. But I am wondering, in this matchup, if the Cowboys will try and get him his. And if so, are there alternate over numbers that we should be looking at here?
2: Do you think they're only going to basically play a half in this game because the moment Sam Howe got named starter, I thought, well, the number isn't big enough, given how poor Sam Howe has played over the last month. My, my concern is that really we build a three, four score lead here by the half because I don't know, given that the commanders are also benching starters around Sam Howe, I don't know how much pushback they have in the, this game is my issue.
0: Fair enough. Any no, thoughts and, on and that? That's, Well, I I wonder, like, okay, do you sort of piecemeal your, uh, you know, substitutes, I guess? Like, is it something where Dak is the first to go and then you put in Cooper Rush and then maybe, uh, you know, you deal with the running backs and then they're the next to go. And then you deal with the receivers. Like I wonder if it's instead of this sort of on mass preseason thing where you just bring in the second string that you just do it with say like your veterans. And then you work your way down to say like a CD lamb, in which case like Cooper rush is still throwing to him, And it could be for monster yards.
2: I obviously don't hate the angle Given, you know, even last week we talked about how such a soft spot for Brock Purdy it was. And the 49ers, and Purdy, like, the numbers are great again. The 49ers offense, like, really didn't dunk on the Commanders at all. But they put that game away so early. It really felt like Washington wasn't scratching back at any point. Um, the angle I took personally, though, was Tony Pollard. And I understand No one wants to hear anything about Tony Pollard. No one wants to play Tony Pollard overs. (laughs) But the last time these two teams played too, Pollard had 19 touches. He went over 100 total yards. He averaged six yards per carry because Washington still is not stopping anyone on the ground. And so what I did was play the Tony Pollard rushing overs. I think that's the spot here because if there's one player you have to get going before the playoffs, it's like the one running back that's healthy since Rico is now banged up as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I do like that angle. Uh, we also talked about C.D. Lamb all overs as well. What are some of your favorite prop bets? I know you've touched on a couple angles that you like already, but something that we haven't discussed yet prop wise.
2: I have been looking at Seahawks Cardinals overs and not only the Ooh. game environment over, because again, we talked about, The motivation and everyone's saying, like, the Seahawks need to make the playoffs. The Cardinals are out of it. But, I mean, you can't tell the Cardinals they're out of it. They haven't cared all season long. Last week even, as I'm sure y'all talked about early in the week, down 21-6. to And that team just does not stop fighting for Jonathan Gannon at all. Comes roaring back, scores a touchdown on every possession in the second half. And now you have the Seahawks defense that is just falling apart. If anything, I think the Seahawks are less motivated. They just want to get the hell out of here. Um, 6.6 yards (laughs) per play as if as if Mason Rudolph is Josh Allen in the Bills offense, like that's a big issue. And so this Cardinals team that has found us running game over the last month, not only that, but Kyler Murray is still doing enough to be spry to get things done through the air. And it's just the fact that the Cardinals defense too, as we know, have been soft for a couple months now, still not blitzing anyone, still not getting pressure on anyone. And Geno Smith, although he's had his blips all year long, has not only looked good for his last three games, but has been, like Matthew Stafford, an entirely different quarterback when you can't get pressure on him. Geno Smith is still fifth in the league in yards per attempt from a clean pocket, and the Cardinals cannot get pressure at all. So even with the Seahawks' offensive line banged up, Abe Lucas, I think he's going to fight through and play this game. Overall, I think Geno Smith and the passing offense gets here, and because of that, I do look to DK Metcalf. It has become a bit of a separation now between their wide receivers, and that DK Metcalf is really the only one providing a ceiling every single week. And given the soft zone coverage, the Cardinals play, and the fact they don't have anyone that can keep up with an alpha of his size, that's my lean in this game is betting DK Metcalf overs
0: for this one. His longest reception going over is actually something that I had typed up in my notes. And so it's nice to know the confirmation bias. Uh, Of course you'd ask me that. Uh, What is it? Uh, DK Metcalf, 24 and a half? I will uh, join you.
2: I will gladly click okay. it right after this show. I'm interested in that, yeah. Like, even for DF, even for whatever you do on the side, like DFS on DraftKings, Underdog, uh, oh, wait, those sites don't exist, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, it, either way, oh, yeah. whatever you do on other sites, um, I'm looking at, like, the Seahawks passing offense as an overlooked one to target this week. And that's not even to say they win the game. Again, I think the Cardinals can pull the upset here. I like the Cardinals with the number, but I think they're going to be a lot of points scored in this game.
0: So, John Daga, let me ask you about uh, the game of the week between the Bills and the Dolphins. I think there are three groups of people that I absolutely cannot stand right now. One, people who hate analytics. Two, people who hate buffalo cauliflower because it's the best thing you could eat at brunch. And number three, the Sharps who backed the Dolphins here because I love Dolphins plus three, but now it's at Dolphins plus two and a half. What do you like in this game? It's just too much, right? Like it's just
2: everything mm-hmm. at the worst possible time for Miami. <laughs> I get betting the number because this Bills offense is a joke. Uh, I, I I don't understand the people that are saying that Joe Brady's like the savior in this because the Bills offense has gotten worse. Like they're taking the ball out of their best players' hands. How is that an offense you're scared of in the playoffs? So I I am totally ready with you to bet against Buffalo at any point in the playoffs. I just don't think this is the game. Uh, I don't want to be on the sharp side here. I'd rather be on the dumbass public side and bet the (laughs) Bills, given that, you know, we've talked about it all week, but Jalen Phillips, it's Bradley Chubb, Xavier Howard's injured, and then also Raheem Mostert. We don't even know if Tyreek Hill's at full strength yet. We don't know Tua's status, too. So it seems like just too much, in my opinion, to bet the Dolphins in this game. Uh, The Bills, you know, we've seen their win-loss record against Miami, thrown around social media all week long. Although the Bills, out, although the Dolphins, outside of that 70-20 loss earlier this year, did play them tough under Mike McDaniel last season. But overall, it's not a game, honestly, where I want to back the Dolphins. I came in prepared to, given the defensive shifts they have done. They don't have enough players, though, for this game, honestly.
1: A little less than a minute left. Are there any bets that you're sweating out this final week of the season, season-long props, awards, et cetera?
2: It's the opposite for the Cowboys game in that I also bet the Giants in this one. I, I think it could, could maybe go over, too, given how well Tyrod is playing. We saw him in this exact game a couple weeks ago come off the bench and average over eight yards per attempt, just popping the ball to both Jalen Hyatt, who Tyrod could have had an even better day last week had Hyatt not dropped his 30-yard touchdown. Um, Darius Slayton also got there. But overall, it's the fact that this Eagles defense now I don't know what they're going to do for the postseason. Like the fact they're benching Jalen Carter at times, um, they have they played the most defensive backs in the league. They're, everyone's just injured, and that's why they're allowing big play after big play. They can't stop anyone on the ground now either. So that's a team that they're probably going to draw. Uh, do we have a do we have an idea of their first round matchup now that they're no longer the division winner because they were initially the going to draw. Okay. Yeah, the, and that's the NSC that's probably. And when they played earlier this year, Baker Mayfield did fine. Baker Mayfield has been a roller coaster this last month, although he's had a few good games. I would like to say that's a participation trophy for the Eagles, but honestly, they can probably get by in that spot too. But overall, yeah, I think the Giants take this one just because if it's a game where the Commanders are going to start Sam Howe, and the Cowboys don't need to put their foot on the gas, then we are likely looking at the Eagles going back at halftime and just saying, like, this one's over. Like, the Cowboys have already won at the half, so we don't need to play this game the same. AG Brown even leads the league in target share against man coverage. We know Wink Martindale sends the house every snap. But, again, I don't know if he's <laughs> going to be out there enough to get that prop at all. So I've been kind of ignoring that. I bet the Giants
0: instead in this yeah. game. Good stuff. Sports betting phenom, John Daigle. Make sure to follow him on X at NotJDaigle. John, thank you so much for your time. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we do our very best to sort through the complicated NFC wildcard picture. That's right here on the BetQL Network.
1: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily
2: presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
3: Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL.
0: Welcome back to L Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Aaron Hotsworth, Paul Aspen, all here with you. What the heck is controlled fury, by the way? The Lions head coach Dan Campbell saying he has it, but can someone define that for me? Anybody? I love it.
1: Uh, I, I'm all for Dan Campbell, whatever he has to say. He's so hot. You I figured where I that him. one
3: was. Oh yeah, wait, that oh one was God. for Aaron specifically. I heard that. I heard that <laughs> soundbite. I was like, ah. Oh. Uh, I would say it's uh, maybe like organized chaos is what I could compare it to in my own life. Like maybe it's <laughs> sim- something similar. Controlled fury, organized chaos. I don't know.
0: But that's is, it, is it one of those like, of is it like a paradox where we're just putting two contradictory words together and it sounds smarter than it really is? Is this the situation?
1: It's very and Dan Campbell. to say something. It's like very that. Dan Campbell.
0: Yeah. That is so Dan right.
4: Campbell, yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's fair. Like, if there is a phrase to describe them, that's not a bad one to choose for sure. Uh, we will get to uh, the NFC wildcard picture in uh, just a bit in terms of the teams that are vying for spots, like six and seven seeds and getting in and all that stuff. But let's close our conversation pertaining to the Eagles and the Giants because certainly uh, there are a couple of props uh, on the New York side uh, that maybe the group is very much interested in.
3: Yeah, yeah i actually start- uh echoing- Oh, sorry, Aaron. You go right ahead. I didn't know you had stuff to there.
1: Um, uh, yeah. I actually did find the Saquon prop, so I did bet over rushing and attempts. I just think this is a huge opportunity with this Eagles rush defense being awful, and they allowed, like, 221 on the ground last week. So over 59 and a half for Saquon and his attempts. I want to say it was, like, 18. I don't I don't remember. Um, But everything Saquon for me, Paul.
3: And so I'm actually looking at the passing game, but I, I have Saquon written down, and I don't know that it has to be an either-or proposition. Like, this could start as a Saquon game, but if we're, if we're talking something we've been talking about this week is Eagles' first half inside of three, which that could definitely happen, and then they pull the starters at halftime or see the Cowboys have a big lead. Maybe it's the fourth quarter. And that's where I think it turns into a tie-rod game. And the Eagles' pass defense over the last third of the season since Week 12, they're worse than Washington. They're worse than Seattle. They're worse than Detroit. The only team they are not wor- worse than is Arizona, who just came back from multiple <laughs> scores down to beat them last week. And, like, Tyrod's number, it was low last week against the Rams. He went flying over. It's also very low this week, 2 to one5 and, and if they're in a comeback spot in the second half, he's just going to chuck it. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. So I'll be playing over 2 one and a one5 And then some of the alt numbers you can look at as well. 225 plus 250 plus i don't know that i'd go as far as 275 plus but 225 plus a plus 155 250 plus a plus 320 those are worth a look and then it's like which giants wide receiver and it's been a he's been a it's been a slayton month i would say he's been kind of the, the hot receiver for the giants wendell robinson could be an option he's getting a ton of targets recently um so you just kind of got to play receiver roulette um, as far as maybe target some lower numbers. But again, if they're in a comeback spot and passing to to catch up, I'll definitely be on the Giants. Plus, I see a plus four and a half. I think there are fives and five and a half still out there. There were as of last night. So yeah. I, I think the Giants could def- even win this game, honestly, in the second half.
0: And then I think that's why, like, you know, the idea of backing the Eagles in the first half and that spread, that probably is the most appealing thing to me because the second half has so much uncertainty that I probably like that more than anything else. I I will be curious what game script will look like. And if Tyrod Taylor is used more as a rusher than as a passer, that'd probably be my only concern there. But does he have the ability to against that Eagles secondary? Absolutely, he does. No doubt about that one. Uh, Let's move on now to the. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
3: Just because everyone was talking about it two weeks ago, starters Mm -hmm. get pulled. Who's that leave to run the ball for the Eagles and score a touchdown? Who always scores a touchdown against the Giants? This is the Boston Scott. Ain't
0: well, plus five fifty. Okay. Of course it is. Got to get that in there. Okay, Vikings-Lions, Detroit, three-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 45 and a half. The Vikings can still get into the playoffs. They do have to win, and they do have to get a lot of help. Meanwhile, the Lions, mm-hmm. they could still get the two-seed if the Eagles and the Cowboys both lose, and, of course, Detroit wins this. So there is still something to play for on both sides here. Aaron, what do you like?
1: Well, first, I think Dan Campbell is still in his controlled fury after that controversial call. I think this will be a very inspired, motivated Lions team. I know they're still trying to get the two seed, and then the Vikings, they need help and a win. I'm not going to be backing the Vikings here. I think... My best bet for this game is Lions first half minus one and a half. I think they beat the Vikings first half. They pull their starters. We see Teddy covers come in for the Lions at backup in the second (laughs) half. So I'm gonna stay away from the second half. And I love the Lions on the spread, minus one and a half first half, Paul.
3: Yeah, I'm completely aligned with you. Like, isn't we've talked about the Eagles first half, maybe the Cowboys first half. Isn't this like a just come out and pummel someone after uh, like the way that game ended last week and they just run the ball with Gibbs and or Montgomery, I guess the Vikings defense has been okay. Like Bradford has done some nice things, but I just think they let it all out in the first half. And I think there's absolutely a case for them to sit their starters after halftime. It's, it is a, it's not a guarantee because you gotta see like, you're not playing in the same window as Philly and Dallas. So you're going to determine your outcome before you see what you, what else you need to happen. I, I just like the risk versus reward. You want to make sure you're fully healthy for the playoffs, you know, knock the rust off in the first half. I think that's how I would do it. We'll see what Dan Campbell does. Um, I will say Gibbs has been out snapping Montgomery three to two uh, the last two weeks. So maybe over 51 and a half uh, rushing yards Yes, uh, could be in, could be the play. The team's been running the ball in the Vikings' thirtieth mm-hmm. and EPA per play versus the run the last third of the season. Uh, and then do we want to look at like Jared Goff unders if there's a path for sitting him and or if it's a running game? And then I wanted to look at Nick Mullins overs and maybe second half they just chuck it two sixty five and a half. Though I'm I'm
0: not gonna go there. Two oh I didn't see that two six oh I go way under oh way under I don't I, I mean I was thinking under Justin if anything Jefferson, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I go way under there. I I get he's got Justin Jefferson fine, and I get that his one monster game since returning from injury was against the Lions, but so what? I, you can't just constantly go back to these rematches and go, all right, well, in the last meeting he did this, so certainly he's going to replicate that effort. No, you need a much larger sample size if we're going to play that game. So in that respect, at Mullins under, I think it's definitely good. I also really, really like the Jameer Gibbs prop in large part because if this is a first half only kind of game and you start pulling starters, well, who's going to be the bell cow running back in the second half? It's going to be the rookie. It's going to be the one who hasn't had all of this mileage on him all season long. So definitely, I'm expecting probably more conservative offense by the Lions in the second half, which means just run the ball with your rookie a good bit more. So he's going to get the opportunities for those 51 and a half yards, Aaron.
2: Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's com slash sale. And book your free consult today.
3: Oh, you're muted, Aaron.
1: Sorry about that. I think rather than roll the dice with Jared Goff under 223 and a half, I'd probably just stick to the first half lion spread just in case. Um, Just because (laughs) he could go over that. Who knows? Um, But, yeah, I like all the angles you guys brought up in this one.
0: Okay, let's move on now to the Bears and the Packers. Green Bay, three-point favorites, total 45. The Packers win, and they are in the playoffs, and they could even get the sixth seed if the Rams lose to the 49ers. So with all of that being said, are you taking a flyer on the Packers to cover, or do you feel like Chicago could win this thing outright, and you want to take a look at the plus-135 money line?
1: I don't know if I'm going to bet aside in this one. I do like the case that Joe's made for the Bears and John Daigle just made for the Bears on our show. Um, The Bears have been playing well. Um, I was looking at DJ Moore and Justin Fields' props here. Joe Barry is most likely fired soon as the Packers' defense is absolutely awful. 28th defensive DVOA. Joe Barry was here in Washington. Didn't like him then. Don't like him now. Uh, And you can see by the performance. Don't like him in the the future. (laughs) Just how bad. Yeah. Why are you still a coach in this league? I'm not sure. The other thing is Packers injury report. Whoo. That thing is long. 21 players on the injury report. Packers. Are they going to lose at home in the final game of the season with a playoff berth on the line? I think they could. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of faith. I know Jordan Love's been playing well, but uh, I think this is a bear spot and I'd be looking at fields. Uh, Everyone's been talking about the narrative around fields too. I I think fields and Moore could have a field day see what i did there fields okay. uh, the day nice.
3: <laughs> do more together okay i
0: see yes uh, boo.
3: so boo thanks jake, jake. thanks jake well jake, oh, back in the bears here you should be completely on board um words i did not think i'd be saying at any point during this year uh <laughs> jake threw me off uh this is a bear show Bears plus three. I thought we had five seconds left.
4: Bears
0: plus
3: three.
4: Oh,
0: my God.
4: This is not a Bears show.
0: I hope it is. This week it is. I really hope it Uh So the
3: Packers, despite the injury report, they could be getting guys like Christian Watson back, which you know that it's a difference maker yeah. for their offense for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bears should do whatever they want versus this defense. Twenty, Aaron, you just talked about twenty fifth versus the pass, twenty eighth fifth versus the run over the last third of the season. So not even good as John Daigle just talked about against some very low level quarterbacks. Uh, As you look at the offenses, I guess Khalil Herbert will be the guy to look to in the Bears running game. Uh, Eighth in explosive run rate, 10th in missed tackles, force per attempt. Uh, Since week 12, Green Bay has allowed the ninth most rushing yards per game, 10th highest explosive run rate. Also, third most rushing yards allowed to QBs. And look, this is a game, like they've said that, you know, there have been reports that Ibraflus is coming back and the staff is coming back. You got to win this game everyone's playing for their jobs they're going to do everything they can to win this game pack so Justin Fields over 52 and a half that includes him he's seeing all the reports about like are they going to draft a quarterback so he's playing for he's got to feel like he's playing for his job as well and Aaron I'm with you on the DJ Moore angle as well even if Jair Alexander is back still look I don't think he's getting here. If you want to have the incentive conversation, he needs 209 receiving yards to set the Bears more of a record than an incentive. He needs 209 receiving yards to get set the Bears single season record. I don't know that he's getting there, but I think Justin Fields has made it clear who his number one, number two, number three targets are. I guess number three might be Cole Komet mm-hmm. or a tight end, but DJ Morris is one and two guy. You go 100-plus, a plus-260, 110-plus, plus, a plus-370, 120-plus, plus, a plus-550. Pick an alternate line. I think those are definitely worth it. And then I mentioned Cole Komet. If you if he's kind of banged up, he was active but barely played last week. So kind of see how that shakes out. But if you want to look at him or Robert Tunyon, former Packer, for a touchdown, Green Bay has mm-hmm. allowed seven touchdowns, to tight ends, and their bottom ten in most yards allowed two tight ends as well.
0: If the Bears pull off the upset, if I'm not mistaken, then they're going over their win total. So a lot of folks are going to be sweating this game uh, at seven and a half here. So that to me is really intriguing in terms of what the future is going to look like for Chicago. And if it is time to move on from Justin Fields, or at least Fields will put one more good thing on film in terms of him having a future. So that to me is really intriguing. Also, too. If Christian Watson is coming back, then Jordan Love gets not all of his weapons, but the big ones as far as I'm concerned. So I wonder if Jordan Love not to throw an interception is a good play here. I get the Chicago defense certainly has been pretty good when it comes to ball hawking, but I do wonder if, say, this offense took a step forward without Watson, and now you're putting him back into the fold. Suddenly they become a bit more dynamic. To me, this three is sharp. I'm not going to touch it, but I do wonder, say, like maybe Jordan Love can lose but still look good in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any thoughts there? I could see that. Yeah.
1: I don't okay. know if I'll be betting Bears money line. It would be Bears or nothing, but I uh, definitely love the DJ more prop here.
3: Absolutely. I will say I like at BetMGM, uh, Bears plus three is one of the most three-bet tickets, uh, ticket and handle. So one of the most bet sides at BetMGM for the weekend. So I do think, but to your Jordan Love point, I do think having like a Christian Watson back could definitely help him continue Mm -hmm. to play at a high level.
0: For sure. You're all sheep. You are all
4: sheep. This is what the Bears do. You get excited. They're like, oh, they're going to win this game. They're motivated. Everyone's for their jobs. And then they just lose. They just Lose you guys are to get into the playoffs by more than right, but but it's for everyone's jobs to knock your rival out of the playoffs, they're gonna want to win this game and then they're just gonna lose. I've seen this story for the last 26 years of my life, I know how this goes. (laughs) I have the counterpoint, I have seen the script. Roger Goodell has told me what's gonna happen in this game. The Bears are just gonna lose. Oh my god, 4D chess, all
3: the Bears. Fans want this coaching staff fired, so actually they win and they all come back, and it's actually worse. Oh, no.
4: Them. They lose. They lose in a nail biter, last like a Google. Everybody comes back anyway. I'm telling you, I've oh, seen the story.
0: Right. They cover the three. This though. is Becky Daily presented by Maybe. BetMGM. Coming up next, we'll discuss the AFC East, including the game of the week, Bills at Dolphins, right here on the Becky Network.
1: We'll be right back with BetQL
0: Daily, presented by BetMGM, on the BetQL Network.
3: Have you had any conversation with Robert Kraft this week about your future with the team?
1: Yeah,
3: I'm looking forward to working, getting ready for the Jets here. (laughs) This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL.
0: The talkative, loquacious Bill Belichick on his future with New England. Uh, Clearly lots of insights to break. there's nothing there. Welcome back to Make Daily, presented by Ben MGM, Eddie Gross, Aaron Hawksworth, Paul Aspen all here with you. Still to come, we've got Aaron Schatz to help us talk about the NFL awards market. And of course, the critically acclaimed two-minute drill. We'll also get to that in hour number three. But now let's get to the game of the week between the Bills and the Dolphins. We'll get to Jets-Patriots a little later, but how about Bills and Dolphins? here and this line has moved from bills minus three to minus two and a half reputationally this might be a bit of a surprise because i think a lot of us are uh, believing in buffalo a good bit more perhaps to win the super bowl and definitely win this game and cover against miami uh but the line has moved in the dolphins direction and so with the dolphins at plus two and a half at home with a total of 48 and a half aaron what are you thinking here
1: So from a fan perspective, love this game. I don't have a lot. I don't even know if I will be betting it. I kind of feel like I could make an argument for both sides here. You know, the Dolphins are super banged up. Miami has lost 10 of its last 11 games to the Bills. Maybe we don't need to look too far into that. Different teams. Um... I have some Bills futures, but I could see a case where we've talked about uh, Jason Lockenfora Fora likes the term punching down. You know, can the Dolphins beat a good team? What's going to happen? Are they going to play loose in this situation? Could they get up for this game and, you know, win outright? I, I really am torn. I That's what makes me think maybe I just ultimately stay away here. Um, the one thing I was looking at from a prop angle, Josh Allen, interception loves to throw them mm. it's only minus 110 at bet MGM so uh Josh Allen throw an interception he has to throw he has to turn the ball over I think if the Dolphins were gonna have a chance at <laughs> uh covering this number so Josh Allen interception is my favorite play Paul
3: I'm kind of I'm kind of with you as far as like I was going to just like appointment viewing Sunday night. Want to watch the game? I don't know that I have a strong feeling. I kind of just want to watch it play out. I I mean, at this point, I would, if I were going to bet aside, it would be Bills minus two and a half. But I know I talked about my Dolphins AFC East future earlier, but we are committed to the bit. So I have to play Bills money line. Uh, the money line rollover. We got to continue it and take it into the playoffs. So. Started a couple weeks ago, Um, so I'll be playing. It looks like minus 150 is the best price you can get there. So I'll be playing that. I was actually looking to – I was hoping to get more of like a – I'll see what happens with the Steelers as well. I mean, they obviously want the two seed, but I I just want the Bills to get in the playoffs so I can continue that. Through that, I mean, I will say h and Mostert, Bill's run defense is beatable, and with how banged up the Dolphins are, Waddle probably out. Tyreek is still kind of banged up. A lot of injuries mm-hmm. on their defense, obviously, as well, too. So maybe a lower-scoring game. I mean, it has come down now, it looks like, to 48-and-a-half. So maybe the under, if anything, is the play. I just don't have a ton of strong feelings on this game. I'm just excited to watch it, honestly, Sunday night.
0: Same. Question for the group here. Do we believe in the Josh Allen, Joe Brady connection? Because even though I think Josh Allen has done, you know, in a few years, done some remarkable things in his career, and Joe Brady, when he was at LSU, was remarkable, all that stuff. I'm wondering, over these last two games, against the Chargers and the Patriots, two clown college defenses, as far as I'm concerned, is this something where we really trust Josh Allen, Joe Brady, in that connection here, knowing full well that these were two defenses they should have clobbered, absolutely shellacked, and they didn't. Those games were a good bit closer than they should have been. And as John Daigle pointed out a couple segments ago, it's almost as though with Joe Brady, they're taking the ball out of their best player's hands. Is this a concern for you guys?
1: Hmm. It is a good point. Um, you know, they beat the Patriots by six. They beat the Chargers by two. I mean, that's that's a tough look. I mean, they did crush the Cowboys. <laughs> How long has he been the interim uh, coach now? How many weeks do I need uh, to go back?
0: Uh, five or six, Four. if I'm not mistaken. Five. Is okay,
1: so yeah. yeah. He, I mean, they've basically been winning every week since he's been in, so I don't know if I'm going to discount it too much. Just win, baby.
3: Um, Yeah, I'm not going to totally discount it. I will say the Chargers game was the ultimate letdown spot. The absolute ultimate mm-hmm. letdown spot. So, like, I'll chalk a little bit of up to that. And then the Patriots, I mean, there's so much familiarity there, and it is Bill Belichick, so, like, I don't think it's, you know, completely ruled that out. And then if you look at you know, drop back EPA recently. I mean, the Patriots are top 10 the last third of the season, so I don't know that they're that. I never thought of them as, like, this terrible defense. I think their quarterbacks absolutely stink, and there's a whole lot of Mm -hmm. dysfunction up in New England. I don't know that their defense is that bad. The Chargers are absolutely, but that's kind of a spot, a New England familiarity and not a terrible defense, and Allen, of course, threw the early pick. Um, That kind of set the tone for that game, so I'd say that – doesn't really carry over for me.
1: But but what about the Cowboys defense? Really good. They beat them 31 to 10. That's impressive. And then they lost to the Eagles in overtime. I don't know how far we go back, but the Jets defense, they beat them 32 to 6, so
0: well, but in that Cowboys yeah, game, that was the rushing attack that did that. And if, and if it's like, hey, Cowboys rushing attack, like, or rushing defense is terrible, that's, that's a perfectly fair thing to say. But what can Josh Allen do? Like, I'm looking at this Dolphins defense, and I'm getting more and more impressed by the minute. Like, when Jalen Ramsey came back since returning in Week 8, defensive success rate is ninth highest at 57%. And that matters here. You know, this Vic Fangio coach defense it tends to get better over time. Sometimes they get off to rocky starts, but suddenly I think if Josh Allen is not necessarily a concern and they're going to run a good bit more 12 personnel, Buffalo does, that this is a very winnable game, at least on the defensive side. Now, offensively, yeah, a lot of banged up guys, a lot of questions there, but I do wonder if this is just naturally a lower scoring game where most anything can happen with, say, like one random turnover or something like that.
3: I don't want to take anything away, like, too much from one game. But what the hell happened last week against the Ravens? Like, you had a 7 nothing lead. It should have been a 14-0 lead, Tyreek. A 14-7 lead, rather. Tyreek dropped that short touchdown, turned it a 10-7 lead. And then Baltimore hit the gas. So, look, I'm not taking it. Like, Vic Fangio has absolutely improved that defense. I'm just, that was kind of like a, huh. If anything was going to let them down, I didn't necessarily think it was going to be the defense last week.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, that's
3: fair. So I just wonder, Uh, so so like the the question, yeah, yeah, the prop, but there's also like, are you talking about this week in the playoffs? Like the, the Joe Brady, Josh Allen belief, like what, where do you want to like maybe fade that?
0: I think ultimately there's going to be a bad game somewhere. Like we remember last year in the playoffs for Buffalo, like it was an uninspiring performance against a third stringer in Miami. And then they lose to the Bengals assuming the bills get into the playoffs and let's say they win this game outright and they cover, don't cover whatever. I got to believe at least at one point, they're going to show up flat and they're going to run all his 12 personnel and try and run the ball up the middle. And it's just not going to be there. And that's when I think the time will be to fade the bills. Like I'm, I'm kind of with John in this idea that yes, if you let Josh Allen do what he can do, then yeah, the sky is the limit, but will he though? I have questions.
3: What
0: was the prop angle? Prop angle, Dalton Kincaid over three and a half receptions. Again, going back to this idea of conservatism for the Bills offense, that's kind of how I think this, this shakes out. So that's probably the one that I like a good bit. How about we move on now to the uh, Jets and the Patriots? This line has moved uh, from Jets plus one and a half to Jets plus two and a half. And of course, uh, neither team in playoff contention. But all the talk is if this is Bill Belichick's final game with the Patriots. So knowing that, Aaron, uh, or believing that's to be the case, what do you like here?
1: I've liked the Patriots all week and I still like them now. The Jets have covered just one of their last nine games. And even if this is Bill Mm -hmm. Belichick's last game uh, with the Patriots in New England, I just think that he wants to go out, you know, on a good note and doesn't want to just lose to the Mm -hmm. Jets with that incredible record that he has beating them. So I just don't see a situation where they don't cover this number also Bailey Zappi I loved him last year and I think he's better than Matt Jones the issue is the turnovers I'm trying to find a Bailey Zappi interception prop uh looked at one book couldn't find it but uh that might be something I might look at however it may be a bit juice because he threw three last week I think zero before that but then like one, one, one. so we'll see
3: Paulie Shore are we a hundred percent sure? Like I know we've got the bell. I think it's money line or nothing, uh, which you can get minus one twenty five at bed. MGM. We sure that Belichick isn't going to do the crafts of solid on the way out for the- and like somehow lose this game. I don't know. Like I, I'm just not convinced that this is like the sure spot that it should feel like it is like it's Belichick against the jets. They win his last game, et cetera, et cetera. I, I just don't know that I'm going to have a play on this at all. I, I like I could see the Jets yeah. winning this game. I, it, like it's on the one hand it's Belichick against Trevor Simeon. On the other hand, that team, like <sighs> there's so much dysfunction in New England.
0: What if you take out the argument altogether and just say, yeah, it's a stupid low total at 30 and a half, but I'm still going to take the under because I don't know what the motivations are going to be. Like if you're doing the crafts a solid before say you get traded, maybe that's just the the safe thing to do is like, all right, yeah, we might win this game. We might not, but we're just going to run the ball a lot. And the Jets defense invites you to run the ball a lot. So I wonder if this is just like a Zeke game and maybe you just focus on those props, focus on the under for the game, because at least Trevor Simeon's not going to do diddly. That's probably how this goes down. I believe.
4: Hear me out. Just tease the under and the Ravens and be done with it.
0: There you go. I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. Thoughts? So
3: we'll get to it in two-minute drill. Other teaser, just since we're talking teasers. Bengals, down to one. Like, they're going to win that game,
0: right? Are they? Are we sure? No. What if, what if Browning but... just, like, collapses? I. That's not the teaser leg I would look at. But that, that game looks like it's all over the place, so I don't know. This is BeckQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Aaron Schatz helps us sort through the NFL Awards markets that's right here on the BeckQL network.